Hello and welcome to Booze Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Ollie. And welcome back. been a week but i haven't seen ollie in like three weeks it's been a while yeah so we might be a little rusty we got to get back into it but yes yes but it feels good it feels good to be back yeah behind I'm, this little screen i missed it i missed it big time i know so i did too i had all these stories sitting there and i'm like okay like i can't wait to talk about them <laughs> i know i need to start a little notebook with like t- things that i want to tell sam right <laughs> <laughs> just save them until for today for recording days yeah so did you want to tell everyone where you disappeared off to yeah so I decided to pack up my bags and get the hell out of here for a few weeks no this was totally planned um <laughs> I, I have some friends who are getting married in Germany so well they're from Germany so it wasn't a destination wedding no. <laughs> I don't have friends who torture me like that um so we went to me and Gabriel uh, we went to, I always have to think about it because there were so many places packed into so little time. We're only gone for about two solid weeks. We flew into London. We went to Amsterdam for two days. Got very high, I'm sure. Oh my God. I did not <laughs> like getting high. Like, let me tell you, like, I'm a booze girl. Yes. <laughs> I can just drink my pints and be happy. But I was like, well, when in Rome, right? It's Might as well. Here. I. I don't like smoking, but I like eating everything, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, so, Gabriel bought me this delicious red velvet cake. Oh, my god! It was gosh. beautiful. It was, like, wrapped in a gold little box, and it was really cute because it had a little window on it, too, you know, kind of like the yeah. red light district. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peeking into that sexiness. <laughs> this is bringing tears to my eyes. Like, how could you eat this? It sounds beautiful. I know. It brought tears to my eyes eating it. It was so good. <laughs> but... I knew better mm. from experience. I was like, you know what? I don't have a high tolerance. Not like I do with alcohol. I'm just going to eat a little bit, like mm-hmm. a little corner. So I didn't. Oh, it was so good. I could have had the whole thing. But I'm like, nope. I'm going to be good. So I just had a corner. And we went to eat after. And Gabriel's like, hey, are you feeling anything? Like, are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> No, no, I'm not. So maybe I should take a few more bites. Oh, no. Right when that happened, bam, it hit me. Hard. It was, I I hate the feeling of not Mm -hmm. being in control. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wanted to, like, scratch it off. I'm like, ugh. You feel like a sloth. Like, I don't like it either. It's not my thing. slow motion, like, there's just, like, certain things you're paying attention to. And you're, for me, it was, like, that panicky, like, anxiousness. It was, Mm -hmm. like... I feel like I'm smiling, and I feel like it looks weird. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like everyone around me knows that I'm extremely high, and I can't get rid of it. And then what makes it what made it worse is we had a boat ride after, oh dear, like down the canals, and I just wanted to enjoy it all and take it all in, but I was just like so fuzzy. And there was a point on the ride on the boat ride where I look at Gabriel and I remember saying, "Are we at the Riverwalk?" <laughs> 
<laughs> we were both so quiet. Like, we didn't say a word the oh whole my time. Goodness. And on the boat, there was, like, an open bar. There was bottles of oh. wine and everything you can imagine was on that boat. That sounds wonderful. It was. If I wasn't, like, so high, like... If you I, fucked up. I did. I did. I regret that. <laughs> Even getting on the boat, the guy was like... You, you look okay? fucked up. Like, you told Gabriel, <laughs> you look fucked up. I know, it's so embarrassing. But I survived. I was even Googling, like, how to get rid of being high. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, Amsterdam was fun. Um, we didn't do anything artsy. We didn't see any of the museums, because I did that last time I was there, and Gabriel really doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Amsterdam, we went to Germany, but we didn't go to, like, the touristy part. We went to Dusseldorf, which is, or not Dusseldorf, I keep saying it's Dusseldorf, but it's Loon, um, and it's kind of out on the outskirts, mm-hmm. uh, which was really nice. We had so much fun. Like, everyone was amazing. Um, we were in a place where not everyone spoke English. So, oh, yeah, that's that was, fun. That was a challenge, but yeah. it was good. Uh, it was really nice. There's this, um, this cheers saying, this, like, little chant mm-hmm. that's in German. Because it rhymes, so, you know, yeah. before they take a shot, they say it. But all of our friends' friends learned it in English for us. Aww, it was so sweet. That yeah. is adorable. So what's the saying? What? Um, you well, don't have... I don't have, I don't know it in, in German. I'm I wasn't expecting you to know it, but. <laughs> Dang it, I should have. I was I'm hoping gonna, you would surprise me. I'm but. just gonna like record it and just like drop it in here. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally gonna tell. Um, <clears throat> it's first rule. Like, one person says, first rule, and then everyone says, get drunk. And second rule, stay drunk. And then third rule is first rule. (laughs) So, but in German, it sounds more elegant, I guess. It rhymes. It's cute, though. Yeah, it's it's fun. fun. It's fun, because you say every time you take a shot. So, it's like one thing you just kept on hearing over and over again. That's awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. I love hearing about, like, different, like, I guess, like, is it, would be... (laughs) I guess it would be called like a tradition, right? Like, or more of their culture. Like, yeah, just yeah. like a fun party thing. I don't know. Yeah. I like seeing how other people party. Yes, and they party. They party hard. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll have to show you some videos later. Can't wait but, to see them. But yeah, because of the wedding, the wedding was great. Was fan- like, I had the best time. Like. Gabriel and I, when we went to our hotel, it was 4 o'clock in the morning, and we were drunk, and we were crying because we didn't oh. want to leave. <laughs> and, like, when we said goodbye to, like, everyone there, it was the saddest goodbye. Tears. Like, yeah, tears. I was, like, hanging out of the taxi, like, waving, like, it was, like, a, oh. ro- like, comic, what is it? A romantic comedy, yeah. <laughs> but totally platonic. It's just raining. The rain's <laughs> drizzling down the freaking window. Yeah. Oh, it was man. good. And then we went to Paris, which Gabriel the whole time was like, fuck Paris. I don't want to go to Paris. Let's just stay here. I'm like, we tried. We tried, but yeah. we couldn't get out of it. Um, where we went to the catacombs. And I'm so jealous. I want to go so bad. I had to squeeze in something. Something easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was really cool because we got there at the end of the day. So it felt like, it felt like we were alone down there. That's creepy. Because we got down, we like we go through like this tunnel for a while. You keep walking and mm-hmm. walking, um, and I guess all the other people were already at the end. So there was this point where I was just alone in the tunnel. Oh man, it was so eerie, but like calming also. Yeah, and it was like I took a ton of pictures. So and um, you sent them to me, and I was like, "You bitch!" Like I want to be there. That was literally the only reason I went to Paris. Like I don't care about anything else. Just that's been on my bucket list for as long as I can remember. 
And I remember always thinking, like, oh, I'm never going to get to go. Yeah. Thinking that it was, like, closed off for some reason, but it's not. (laughs) It's open to the public. And I'd get so mad because the rules are, you know, no flash photography. No, Like, I'm a stickler for the rules when it comes to places like that. And people were breaking them? Yes. Like, people were, like, touching the skulls and leaning on them. And I'm like, um, excuse me. That's a person, you bitch. Can you (laughs) step away? (laughs) They don't have it, like like with roped or anything no they don't it's kind of it's a little narrow Mm -hmm. so if there are a lot of people down there i could see where it's easy to kind of graze one gotcha um but yeah no they don't you would think that they could put like a glass or something but i guess that would ruin the experience too that's true like they just kind of trust that people act right but that's a lot of trust yeah i don't i don't even have that much trust and no a lot of people's <laughs> <laughs> like in regular everyday places that yeah. aren't covered in millions of skulls exactly. and skeletons and you brought me back the cutest little fucking book it's a magnet yeah, and it's got all these skulls in here i love it so much little picture little picture book yeah i was i was like trying to like walk fast but like still enjoy everything so i can get to the gift shop <laughs> i was like oh it's gonna close it's gonna close <laughs> but no it did not thankfully um, let's see, what else did I do? I went, well, we went to Portugal, which I was trying really hard to go to the Cathedral of Bones, mm-hmm. but it was, like, almost three hours away. Oh, that's far. Yeah. Next time, for sure. Definitely. And maybe next time we'll go with you. Yeah, so per- Portugal is a must-go place. Like, it's inexpensive. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. When we went, it wasn't crowded. Um, it was just... It was the best time. Uh, Portugal and Germany were, like, our top places. That's then we awesome. went, yeah, then we went to London, and, like, everything went to shit from there. <laughs> <laughs> we were having such a good time, and uh, we went to a pub just to have a pint before we went to our Airbnb, and these guys come in. Uh-oh. Yeah, with, like, signs acting like they're deaf. So if you're not a seasoned traveler and people do this, Grab your stuff, or actually, whenever you're out traveling, especially in London or big cities, just don't have your phone out. Like, just enjoy the conversation, put it in your pocket, don't take it out. Um, But prior to them walking in, Gabriel looks at the sign and he says, oh, look at that sign. It says, watch your stuff. Burglaries are high here. Something like that. Kind of like blowing it off a little bit. No, he thought it was interesting that it's so hot, crime is so high in that area. They have a sign saying, watch out. Gotcha. Yeah, so he takes his phone out to take a picture, but before he does, these guys walk in. Oh, no. And they're they're not saying anything. They're motioning with their hands to read the sign, read the sign. And I, when it comes to things like that, I just don't even make eye contact. Yeah. I grab, grabbed my phone, and I was just scrolling through Facebook, even though I didn't even have service. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was popping up. I was just touching my phone, like, mm, please get away. And they wouldn't leave. So Gabriel told them, like, fuck off, like, get out of here, and, like, kind of, like, pushed one out of the way. Because um, their signs weren't, weren't like, you couldn't read them. There was, like, a bunch of mumble-jumble on it. Yeah. Which later we found out is a reason for that. Mm-hmm. So after after they finally left, Gabriel's like, wow, babe, that's really smart that you put your phone away. It's a good thing you did, you know? And he looked at the people sitting next to us, and he was like, hey, are you all good? Do you have your stuff with you? They're like, yeah, yeah, right when they walked in, like, that's the first thing we did was grab our phone. Mm-hmm. And not even, like, ti- a little bit of time had passed, and then Gabriel looks at me, and he says, Where's his phone? I don't have my phone. God damn it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah, they, 
Uh, I mean, it's not like I didn't want. I didn't laugh at the time, but now I kind of do when he's yeah. not around because I'm like, you're the one that was observing all of this, and you're the one who got got it. That so, sucks. Yeah, it was this huge bummer because he had all of his jokes written on there, all of his videos. Because he did a comedy show in London. He did oh, two. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's why we were in London twice. Because, oh yeah, when we flew in, we flew into London, then we flew to Amsterdam, then we had to fly back to London. Jeez. Black. Black. Back <laughs> to London. Um, just for him to do a show. <laughs> that's crazy. Back. You guys had a busy so fucking time. We did, yeah. It sounded like it was, a, I mean, aside from the phone thing, it sounded like it was a blast. It was. Everything was perfect until like that. And I kept telling him, at least it was at the end and not at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little sad because all the pictures he had of me <laughs> were gone <laughs> in the catacombs, especially. Oh, no. And that's what he said. He's like, oh, babe, but all the pictures I took of you are gone now. I'm like, oh, Aww. it's okay. But he got them back. So oh, he got oh, the, the cloud. back. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, the good old cloud. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little PSA. If you're traveling, just don't even mind people who look suspicious so the mumbo jumbo was it just kind of like so they don't seem educated or something or to throw you off Mm. to like get you to look at it and And try to read it yeah because what they do is they have the paper they try to act like they're like they're deaf and they can't speak Mm -hmm. so sometimes they sign or sometimes they have that paper and it's not like it's not legible like you can't understand it it's nothing like it's just a bunch of scribble mm. um so when they bring in the paper they put the paper down over um i guess w- your belongings that are on the table mm. and then they take it that's how they take it Dang. is they cover it up with the paper that's sketchy man yeah that sucks which sucks is i spent a whole month in london and that never happened yeah and i spent like a whole month in like spain too and that never happened like but I also am not aware of my surroundings, which may be a good thing because I just wouldn't pay attention to them yeah. if that did happen. Like, eh, get out of here. But then that also sucks because people who really need help and are in situations where, you know, they are actually begging because they, they need, you know, mm-hmm. help, they just Probably ruin it for them. Yeah. yeah, which is really sad, but that sucks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure people who really are, oh, like my little brother is taking um, ASL in college mm-hmm. and – one thing that they did discuss is that um, usually if somebody has, like, a handicap, they're handicapable, and they've gone through their whole lives, like, with the whatever it is that they're, what they have, like, whether it be blindness or deafness, like, they've gone through their whole life, so they know how to That's navigate true. through life. Yeah, yeah. So when people notice that they are and try to help them, it's really, like, offensive. Yeah, So that makes sense. Because I did see somebody who was clearly blind, like, there in London, and... He was just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he was lost, but <laughs> he was he was still doing his thing. Like, yeah, yeah. He wasn't asking for help or anything like these guys were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, but it was just such a big bummer. That sucks, but, man. But that's like the, like there, I kept saying, like, there's worse that could happen. Oh, yeah. Like, we're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We made Definitely. it Definitely. You got back home safe and sound and all that, so. Mm-hmm. That's good. But I'm glad, aside from all that, you guys had fun. So. Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. That's good. And then I'm over here. Matt, last minute, wanted to go to a freaking Kiss concert. I'm like, <laughs> it was last minute? I thought it was planned. No, it was last minute. Oh, that's the best. Thing. And um, he's like, hey, babe, like, Kiss is coming. It's their last concert and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're not going to find tickets, but whatever. If you can find tickets, fine. 
this bitch found tickets. <laughs> did you not want to go? I mean, I did, but then I also didn't want to spend the money mm. on the tickets. Um, but I was like, okay, whatever. Like, we'll go ahead and do it. So we went, and it was actually really fun. It was really good. Oh, that's like, awesome. I, I, ha- I think I enjoyed more watching, like, their dance moves and all this in these big-ass platform boots. Like, it was Still really doing fun. the thing. Yes, And they're yes. like, how old? They're old, man. They're old. And they sounded so good. Like, I thought they were going to sound kind of, like, off-pitch. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're older. No, they sounded amazing. Like, it was so good. That's cool. Yeah. Glad you had a good time. Yeah, yeah. No, Who, it was really fun. Did anyone open for them? Um, oh, well, that, he's, um, he's a painter. He's that painter. He was on, um, America's Got Talent where he would paint upside down and then mm-hmm. he'd flip it over and he would do paintings in, like, a minute. David Gar- Garibaldi? Hmm. Garibaldi. Yeah. No, he was really good. Like, I was entertained watching him paint. So, it was fun. It was really fun. So, they had a painter as an opener. Yeah, they had a painter as an opener. Interesting. Yeah, and they were they were blasting, like, a Ozzy Osbourne crazy train and he was while well, he was painting a picture of Ozzy. And, like, it was neat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really neat. So huh. I don't think I've been to a show with something other than music as the right? opener. Yeah, because, yeah. like, when we went to Blinko a couple of years back... Um, they had the a DJ open and all that. Oh, I've had that with Snoop Dogg. There was a DJ. Because <laughs> it was two Christmas ago, and that was my Christmas present to my mom. Snoop? To see Snoop That's Dogg. awesome. Snoop Dogg, her and my little brother. And there was a DJ who just went on forever. <laughs> and my mom, like, she just looked like she was not having a good time. She's like, we're a Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I want my Snoop Dogg. She's like, why is this taking forever? Because we stood there forever. Um... But it was a good show, so it was worth it. That's awesome. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, there's, like, strippers, and uh, my little brother's just standing there in between me and my mom, like, uh. I want to enjoy this. <laughs> the but... first set of titties I've seen, <laughs> and I'm with you guys. How old is he? Oh, uh, he's probably, like, mm, 17, maybe. Gotcha. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he'd seen other titties, but. I don't know. We haven't met my brother. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Probably. That's funny. <laughs> I don't want to know, though. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, and then, um, what was I going to say? Matt's favorite band of all time is Green Day. So I snuck in for some pre-sale, amazingly, and I got in and I scooped up some tickets. So that's not until next year, though. So You're going to have so much fun. Green Day was amazing. Like, yeah. I got tickets to sit. Like, I was sitting up, not all the way up, but kind of, like, in the middle. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the pit. Mm-hmm. And I tried so desperately to get in the pit. Just clawing your way down. But the security, <laughs> like, that show was so packed, it was impossible. Oh, I bet. For Blink-182, we jumped the fence and got in the pit. But, yeah. or I don't know. I sound <laughs> like I can jump a fence. But I just ran past security. <laughs> no one cared. No you're, one cared. You're so short. Like. I remember you're, like, running and, like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but I'm excited for that. Um, we're not in the pit, but we're like 14 rows behind the pit. So oh, okay. We're no, close. Oh, yeah. You're so good. Yeah. Like, he loves Green Day, and then he loves Weezer, too, and they're going to be there. Yeah, Weezer and Fall Out Boy. Yes, yes. I like old Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. I don't like their new stuff, but mm. whatever. I'm going to have fun. I'll probably be drunk. I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, now that we've chattered away and we've probably bored everybody. Caught up, yeah. <laughs> Did you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, mine's kind of lengthy, so we're hmm. going to, let's just save that one for the end. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. do that. 
So do you want to hear a cryptozoology or do you want to hear a mystery? Ooh, you're giving me choices? Yes. Um, I'm kind of interested in this crypto that you had the challenge of researching and writing about. Yeah, so um, the crypto is pretty short. Matt actually picked it when we went to Austin. Oh my God, what was it, like a couple months ago already? It feels like it was two weeks ago, but it was not. No, it was like two months ago, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when we went to Austin, we went to that really spooky shop, and I picked up a cryptozoology book, so I decided to have Matt flip through it, and he found a crypto for me. I think he just kind of like flipped to a page and picked it because he didn't really care. But uh, So brave of you. Right. I've been like, no, do it again. Yeah. No, no, do it again. I'm like, this? Really? And he's like, yeah, this. And I was like, okay, whatever. So um, excuse my pronunciation because this is it's on an eastern island in Indonesia. So bear with me. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So ready. On the eastern Indonesian island of Flores lives the Nage people. And like I said, excuse my pronunciation, I tried to watch a bunch of videos, but even the supposed cryptozoologist scientists were butchering shit, so. It's alright, mine's in German, so I'm not even (laughs) gonna, I'm not gonna apologize, like, (laughs) it is what it is. So, I I promise I tried, but there was just so many pronunciations, I was like, what the fuck? So, on the eastern Indonesian island of Flores lives the Nage people. Like many native tribes, they have their own rich history and traditions, and also legends. Um, and one legend is of the Ibu Gogo. Ooh, sounds adorable. Well, they're small creatures with a large appetite, like myself. <laughs> I can relate already. <laughs> um, and the name translates to Granny Who Eats Anything. <laughs> I'm going to make my grandkids call me that. <laughs> Ibu Gogo. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they are small, elf or human-like. They have wide, flat noses broad faces, large mouths, and hairy bodies. They have a prominent eyebrow ridge, very long arms, and pot bellies. (laughs) And the females are said to have long breasts that they can sling over their shoulders. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. So if it's a hot day, just fling it over. titties over. Yep. That's pretty convenient. (laughs) Maybe one day I'll get there. I mean, they're already kind of saggy, so maybe (laughs) we'll get to Ibugogo status one day, but... (laughs) Um, so they actually have their own language and they're able to mimic human words, kind of like parrots. And they are often said to live in caves or in forests. They have never been seen using tools, but they are agile runners and climbers and they do not use fire and they prefer their food raw. But these creatures are apparently able to swallow puppy dogs, piglets, and small children whole. Oh my god, I thought they were the size of puppy dogs and... Well, they're, they're, uh, like three or four feet I think oh so they're like my height (laughs) (laughs) our height (laughs) um but legends of the Ibu Gogo go back to the early western exploration of Flores by the Portuguese in 1511 CE and they heard that there was a tribe of wild men and women who stole food and kidnapped children so of course the they had to go in and investigate I guess and what year was this again 1511. Wow. Yeah, this was a long time ago. So the Ibu Gogo have a negative image attached to them. Uh, They're considered really nasty, and they raid villages and steal food. And like I said before, they've been known to kidnap people. They eat puppies. I think anything that eats puppies is going to be looked at as No, thank you. (laughs) Um, So they're very mean, and they will chase people out of their territory. Um, Which I mean, same, because if anyone's around my house i don't want them anywhere near it you know 
<laughs> so I don't blame them for that. Um, so the Nage are said to have a truce with the Ibu Gogo. Uh, they do a lot of trading, and they used to do feasts together. But the Ibu Gogo became really bold and devious in their ways. Um, and they were even tolerated for destroying crops of the Nage people. But it wasn't until they were chased out for eating a baby that the Nage just didn't want anything to do with the Ibu Gogo anymore. So when the village children began to go missing, the Ibu Gogo were blamed, and the Nage then went about exterminating them. Now, in the 18th century, the Nage tricked the Gogo into accepting a gift of clothing made from highly flammable palm fiber. The greedy Gogo took the clothes into their caves, and the villagers threw torches in after them, which ignited the fibers to create a great fire that wiped out almost all of the Gogos. Any survivors were supposedly hunted down and killed. But there have always been been stories that a few of them managed to survive and slip out of sight to carry out their existence in the deepest jungles of the island. So these people are known or were known to truly exist. Supposedly. Supposedly. And we're, we're, we're gonna get into some some science. yeah, some science actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Not sightings, but science. Well, a little bit of both. So nice. Okay. Um, let me see here. Uh do 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 and perhaps some did survive because sightings began popping up in the 19th century. And a female specimen was actually captured in a village in 2004. What? Yep. And the main, <laughs> the main feature was her saggy titties. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was just a poor old lady right, like, with right. saggy titties? They're like, oop, no, this is a cryptid. She just wanted to flee. Uh, flee? She just wanted to free the nips. Like, let her be. <laughs> So, um, she had extremely long breasts that she could drape over her shoulders, and unfortunately, this mysterious woman, which I read a couple accounts that she was supposedly really beautiful, so I don't know. Beauty um, is in the eye of the beholder. I guess. Um, but, um, she did escape, and she fled back into the forest, so there's no way of knowing who or what she was. <sighs> so... In 2003, there were remains of a new species of... Oh, goodness. Okay, bear with me here. <laughs> when the remains of a new species of diminutive hominin was discovered in the Liang Bu Caves of Flores Island, it was named the Homo florensis, and the skeleton remains showed a very small-bodied, three to four-foot-high skeleton, and they nicknamed it the Hobbit. So they were now considered the Hobbits. And they are supposedly said to live on the island 12,000 to 13,000 years ago, meaning that they could have not only lived alongside Homo sapiens, but could have survived to the present day. And concerning the size of the hobbits and the similarity in appearances to the Ibu Gogo, it could be them. So we're not, they're not really sure if these skeletons are the Ibu Gogo or if Ibu Gogo, blah, 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 or if Ibu Gogo were just, you know, myth and mm -hmm. maybe the hobbits were actually a thing who knows but they're just like incredibly tiny people yeah yeah now there's a few problems with the idea of homo florensis being the ibu gogo and one is that recent research carried out in 2006 has perhaps pushed away the known extinction date of the florensis back from 12,000 to 13,000 years ago to 50,000 years ago so now people are saying, no, it's not the Hobbits, it's not Ibu Gogo, like, there's no way, because it was so long ago. Mm -hmm. But that being said, there's so many species and creatures out there that are from so far back, 
it's not totally impossible. Yeah. You know? So, research has shown that the Florensis hobbits are known to have used fire and tools, and that's something that the Ibu Gogo are not known for at all. So, is the Ibu Gogo based on a real animal? Gregory Forth, professor of anthropology at the University of Alberta, Canada, has said this. However, much of Ibu Gogo might recall Homo Florensis, or vice versa, it is therefore clear that the first figure equally resembles characters that are generally considered to belong to myth and fantasy. Cer- certainly, there are problems in interpreting Ibu Gogo as directly reflecting local memories of Homo Florensis. Yet, whatever the derivation of the Nage representation, Ibu Gogo really do seem different from the various categories of spirits that Nage describe with equal credibility. And to that extent, I believe that the possibility that they represent a real animal and should be taken seriously. As noted, Nage themselves distinguish Ibu Gogo from spirits, and they do so explicitly with references to the hairy creature's lack of extraordinary powers. For example, the ability to disappear, change shapes, form into animals, and so on. End quote. So, f- another thing to consider is Flores is an island and therefore has limited natural resources. Um, and insular dwarfism can happen with individuals with smaller bodies and therefore smaller metabolic needs. It is possible that a group of Homo erectus that made it to floors evolved through dwarfism into Homo florensis. Were they once walking alongside us? Are they just myth? Do they still lurk in the forest? Or is it just a case of dwarfism? Who knows? What do you think? Um... I, I think it just has to do with resources. But then you also have to consider these other villages that are on the Esa Islands. Do they have better resources? Like, are they can they get resources easier so that's why they grow? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because I always think, like, way back when, there are so many creatures and different types of people. And, oh, my God. It's, I hope an anthropologist isn't listening. And, like, <laughs> uh, actually, no. These dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, I took a biological anthropology my freshman year and got a C, so give me a break. Uh, my first C ever in life, and I was just, anyways. <laughs> so it's hard. Um, but, yeah, I, I could buy these little creatures or people living elsewhere or escaping and just living on their own but wouldn't they like evolve also that's and what how, i was they thinking they probably did but in a different way than the people who had different resources and who were able to live freely and don't have saggy titties yeah that might yeah. have weighed them down <laughs> in life <laughs> or maybe it could be like a different species of like ape or monkey or you know if yeah. they don't use fire mm-hmm. and they don't use tools that's another True. possibility. Yeah. Maybe. Or they, they, sorry to cut you off. They missed that memo. Like when fire yeah. happened or was created, like they didn't get that newsletter. Or so. they still have that primal instinct instinct where they fear fire and, you know. Just, yeah. They so, just weren't there yet. Yeah. So who knows? And it's for them to supposedly have these big old giant mouths. I mean, I would think some sort of animal. Because, I mean, if you look at like alligators and crocodiles and how wide they can open their mouths, we can't, you know. Oh, I definitely can't. I have the smallest mouth. <laughs> So I I think it's just maybe some creature that we just haven't discovered yet or, Mm -hmm. you know, have solid proof on and maybe they just look more human than we're comfortable with. So we throw on this cryptozoology term just to kind of, you know. Because we're unsure. We're not sure. Yeah, make us feel better. How do you spell it again? Like, what is, I want to look at a picture. Ibu, Ibu is E-B-U. 
space and then go go oh Movies. yeah oh that's not what i was picturing <laughs> <laughs> they look more like a like apes or something yeah like, yeah okay yeah i can see that how they can be ape-like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we'll post a picture of them on instagram oh, yeah, for, for sure. sure i'm just visual and that's yeah not how i was picturing but it's okay <laughs> yeah it actually reminds me so a long time ago i don't know i mean i spent my days watching travel channel and history channel back when it was good Mm -hmm. and they would have like the um like mystery or unknown like stories or shows I can't not remember for the life of me what it was exactly but I was so young I was watching a tv show about um these small creatures that lived in the mountains Mm -hmm. and how they found like skeletal remains of these small creatures that lived in the mountains i'm pretty sure i can just google this and it would pop up but i remember my dad took me on a skiing trip uh, like one of the only trips we went on um into the mountains and we had a cabin up there and i just kept on thinking about these little creatures i'm like oh my my god these little creatures are running around my cabin probably just like staring at me they're all trying to look for them and oh i didn't even look i just laid in bed i was like "Mm -mm, if it can't see me if i can't see it it can't see me that's my approach that's my approach to all things spooky that's funny all right well good job that was interesting nice short and sweet yes well, I'm going to try to keep mine not so long. There, I have pages and pages of notes, but I think I can go through with giving you a general idea, or not a general idea, but the story without boring you with little nuances. Uh, so when I was in Germany, I thought, hey, let me look up local spooky places. Yes. Um, there was one near where we were. Um, Dortmund and Loon is where we were staying at um, around those cities. And there was a location near, but it's not, like, near here in Texas. You know, whenever, like, something's an hour away, it's, like, not that big of a deal. Like, mm-hmm. I little, literally drive here, yeah, and yeah. it's not a big deal. Um, but over there, it's, like, an hour away is really, really far. Do um, they, is it more, like, kind of, like, rural? Is that what? Yes, yeah, very, right. it's very rural. Um, what they're known for in that area in Dortmund is their soccer field. Oh. Yeah. From BVB. Now I'm a BVB fan, so. (laughs) How (laughs) do you spell Dortmund and Loon? D-O-R-T-U-N-N-D? Dortmund? D-O-R-T-M-U-N-D? M-U-N-D? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Oh, it's cute. It was very pretty. It was so nice. Like, of course, my friends living there were like, eh, it's not the greatest. I'm like, no, it's really nice. Like, it's it's so green and lush. Yeah. Um, But... We're in Germany, so I thought, sure, there has to be plenty of spooky because Germany, I mean, I didn't bring it up, but (laughs) I was like, kept telling myself in my mind, like, don't bring up the Nazis, don't bring it up, don't bring it up, and I didn't, Um, so I was very proud of myself. Good Um, job. Yes. Not that I wanted to (laughs) offend anybody, but, you know, when you're there, you're like, I wonder if they, like, how they view this thing that happened in history i think i read a report where a lot of people are in like denial about it in germany mm-hmm. like really? a, lo- a lot of people just don't pretend it never happened and it wasn't a thing oh wow see yeah. i think i read the opposite where they know they as in like the government and like their school systems know that it's, it's extremely problematic to 
assume that it didn't happen mm-hmm. so it's like bam like in your face like this happened this happened like so we need to not do this again that's probably kind of thing I, I feel like more locals kind of like deny it and then like the government turned like no like you, you can't. need to remember so i can yeah. see that but. yeah because just i didn't bring it up but talking to the local law enforcement you know who we spend a lot of time with um they had they're the ones that had mentioned it um because they're like the authorities still seen and i don't think they're really seen as that but i think when people get pulled over they get pissed off and that's just an easy jab to mm-hmm. be like oh you're just a nazi yeah <laughs> you're targeting me when that's far from the truth uh, but gabriel did ask one of our friends like so do they are they still here do they still exist like nazis and um our friend replied was saying like if they are if they do i hope i like I hope they're not. I hope they're all dead. Yeah. Like, they're basically like, fuck those people. Like, which is good. That's yeah. what you want. It's yeah. very, like, hostile opinion, which is fantastic. Good. Like, I feel the same way. I'm, like, fucking here where people are just, ugh. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I mentioned. Like, I was like, oh, well, there's some people who, you know, have those beliefs. They're like, yeah, the neo-Nazis, like, we know about them over there. And yeah. they're like, it's stupid. It's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The location I stumbled upon um, is was pretty close, but we had such a packed schedule. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, take me to this haunted place." Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> even though I really wanted to. Next time, <laughs> next time I'll be back. Yes. Um, but this is a school Ooh. slash asylum. Oh no, children! It's gonna get bad. Fuck! It's bad. Okay. I think anything that like a lot of things that we talk about that have to do with you know death is naturally heavy. But when it comes to children, that's... Oh, no, we learned with Andy. We it's learned more... With it's it. just loaded. Like, it's just yeah. that times ten. Because these, you know, these beings never got to live their full potential. And it's truly heartbreaking. Just innocence. Oh, yeah. Well, it was... A, it was it wasn't a school and asylum at the same time. Oh. So it was kind of a mix of, of people. Gotcha. But we'll get into it. All right. So I'm ready. We are traveling to Germany to the Waldniel Hostert School. Mm-hmm. So it's called well, well, it's Hostert. I'm just gonna call it Hostert. Um, but in 1913, this location was built by the Franciscan Order initially, and the role of these these monks was to care for those who were mentally impaired and se- severely disabled. So it started off as a location that was trying to do good. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they had a good run up until 1935, though. Between 1935 and 1937. The plant was highly fined due to currency violations. But in my mind, I'm like, was it though? Or were they like, hey, we're going to heavily fine you because we have some ideas brewing and we need this location. Yeah. So That's just me uh, general. That's just me like yeah, yeah. thinking. So <laughs> supposedly they were like hiding funds or something or they weren't paying or? Yeah, I guess like basically they were going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't have enough money uh, to keep up with all of the patients and everything needed. And so my notes, if I stumble, the, all of this was in German. <laughs> and my Google translator oh, translated no. a lot of this. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's rough because of the kids and it's rough because of the translations. It's, it's okay after be right. my this evil is, go-go stumbling. <laughs> we're fine. This is like the rattler when it was still made out of wood. <laughs> So one thing I really wanted to keep looking into, but I was like, nope, I need to just like stay focused. I looked a little bit, but couldn't find anything. Um, But during this time, several monks were also charged with sex crimes during this time. Oh, no. So it's like, okay, your time, your time is over. 
um, dang it, I shouldn't have brought up the Nazis because I was going to give you a history quiz <laughs> and say, what was brewing in the late 1930s? Nazis. World War Dos. Fuckers. Yeah. So, in 1937, the land and building was under the government's control, which mm-hmm. we all know who ran the government at that time. So, Wald Neil Hostert housed some of the most horrific treatment to humanity that happened during World War II. Um, and this is all, my number one source for this is, of course, their website. Um, so, they do have an official government website because now it is like a memorial site for those who lost their lives due to these crimes. So, sorry to interrupt, but is this on the level of like that Nazi doctor scientist dude? Um, what the fuck's his name? Um, oh my god. I was going to say Joseph Stalin, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mengele. Joseph Mengele. Um, but yeah, so he was like the the worst of the worst. God. I mean, they were all pretty shitty. Like, no. really shitty. But he was the one that took it to the next level and did full-on experiments, yeah. too. So it's not on this and... level? No, and we'll get to that. We'll get to okay. exactly what happened, um, what they did there. So after the Walneal... Hostert fell under Nazi rule, uh, the forced sterilization began. No, oh, no. So that's what really they were known for, was sterilizing people mm-hmm. and um, beginning those experiments to see what worked to then use elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Nazis propagated that the healthy people, quote-unquote, according to the site, um, and spoke to their racial delusion, uh, they took the disabled people... They took the right of life from disabled people, is what I wrote. Um, so initially, it was the mentally handicapped um, and the sick were forcibly sterilized. And then, of course, later, they started doing it to the races that they were trying to exterminate. Because in their mind, they were trying to eradicate the world of these people repopulating. Yeah. Which is... That's foul. That happens, like, in history, that's happened so many times that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Like, that's happened to, like, immigrants here in the United States. It's happened to just any type of minority that is being oppressed because that's the one way to get rid of mm-hmm. a whole group of people is to make sure that they're not reproducing anymore. That's so awful. My yeah. So, those, continuing, those that were sterilized were people of reproductive age with um, congenital nonsense, schizophrenia, hereditary epilepsy, or alcoholism. Fuck. I know. They'd be like, um, you're gone. Yikes. And adolescent hereditary blind people. Like, what? Like, these things aren't even... That's fucked up. Yeah. Epilepsy? Like, that could be treated now that's treated with a medication. Pill, but even yeah. then, like, that's not something you should, like, forcefully <sighs> do to people with these conditions. Um... But then, as this place was running, um, and the war was flourishing, the war continued to consume the country's resources. So there were supply; they were facing supply sh- shortages that affected the center. So the death toll began to take an effect because mm-hmm. people were starving. Um, and then on September first, nineteen thirty-nine, Hitler issued what was known as the Euthanasia Decree. So this allowed. In, in the decree, it states that the power of designated physicians should be extended so that, according to human judgment, terminally ill patients could be granted the mercy sincere by the most critical judgment. So, 
it was like loosey goosey terminology. It's like yeah. here you are doing a good thing, releasing the ill, but that's they could later we'll see that they can easily just say this person was ill, so we had to do what we had to do, yeah, even though there was no proof to back it. Um, Your story's already making me mad. <laughs> it's it's not a fun time. These aren't good times. <laughs> Now, do yeah. you know if they use, like, any anesthetic, or was it kind of just, like, tough shit? Tough shit, yeah. Oh, my God. And especially if you read into or listen to Mengele's uh, time in the mm-hmm. in the world, he that the man worst. didn't give any kind of anesthesia to any patient, and they were straight up get, having their limbs cut off and re-sewn back to yeah. other places. Ugh. Yeah. I remember hearing about that, like, ugh. That one was rough, yeah. That is, oh, heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, so even though we talked about the atrocities already, here's some more. So on the website, they give accounts of a handful of patients just to give a glimpse at on what happened here um, and the type of treatment that uh, these patients endured. So here they talk about a patient named Hubert. That's not his real name, of course, but he spent his life locked away. Because when Hubert was born, he was deep blue and was just suffering a lot of seizures in Mm. his early years. Uh, So the doctors back then uh, diagnosed him with idiocy. (sighs) Yeah, like, that's so crazy that you can just, you can diagnose somebody like that. Yeah. Um, So, and the doctor's observations notes, high-grade general motor unrest. He, run ar- he runs around hazardly. What he can catch, he tries to put in his mouth, um, is not really a fix. He lays objects that are held up to him, touches them, or reaches for them. I'm like, wait a second, I have to pause right there. I'm like, so he's a fucking kid. Yeah. Like, these are all things that normal children, children do. do. Yeah. Um, speaks nothing, often makes clicking or smacking sounds with his mouth. I do that. <laughs> you can hear me on this podcast <laughs> clicking my mouth. And he really does spend his whole life in here. And throughout this whole time, his parents are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents are, they have this feeling that he's not getting the medical attention he needs. And especially with the resources depleting, they're like, oh, he needs food. Like, our child isn't getting the nutrition that he needs and the doctors kept reassuring them yes he's fine see like he has all these conditions it's because of his conditions it's because of his conditions when in reality it's because of the conditions of the location and the treatments from the doctors so was this a place that once you were in there you couldn't get out basically yeah like there's one way you can get out and that's death yeah fuck so it records him, um, okay, so here the parents are worried, like I talked about, they fear, feared that their son Hubert was starving in um, Walmield Hostert, and they wanted him back to his old location, because mm-hmm. um, here they experienced a lot of transfers, so they would receive transfers from other locations. Um, so at this time, they tr- turned to chief president of the Rhine province in Dusseldorf. Um, in a letter dated in June 5th, 1941, he informs them that Hubert is properly cared for and cared for in Waldmiel. And at this time, he weighed, and at this time, he weighed 40 kilograms. So he's telling, telling the parents, like, here, look, he's healthy. He weighs 40 kilograms, which in, um, here in the U.S. would be, wait, how is that right? That's 88 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. 
like that that's something to be how old was he at that time it was dated that he was so the website says that this happened in 1941 when they wrote the letter mm-hmm. um and then they don't say they say that same year that that actually wasn't the reality of his weight like he was it was much more severe than that which i think 80 pounds is still pretty severe that's right well it depends for a 20 year old oh oh Oh, my god sorry i didn't say that yeah Yeah, because i was still kind of computing it in my head i'm like wait a second you're right this really doesn't make sense that's dangerous like yeah so the body weight of the 20 year old patient is correctly stated in the letter from the beginning of june so that actually is how much he weighed but then one month later starting in july he began rapidly losing more weight. That's crazy. So at the end of July, he weighed 30 kilograms, which is 60 pounds. That's insane. And kind of like to put that in like more perspective, a five foot person is own like healthy weight is supposed to be like 90 to like 110 or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So for a man in his 20s to be that light, like that's deathly, sickly, like no. Yeah, yeah, that is, like, he definitely was not getting the treatment that he needed. Mm-mm. Um, and then whenever it says, let's see, in June, wait, what? See, I'm telling you, the German, like, because of the German <laughs> translation, it just makes no sense. You're fine. But he ended up, you know, passing away shortly after, of course, because of the malnutrition. And, yeah. Um, but the way that the doctors just treated it was in just not empathetic at all, lacked basic human empathy, because they said that the death was heart failure. Of course. And people say that's like, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what happens when you die, your heart fails. <laughs> but what happened from that, and they just continue to say that it was seizures and his psychosis, and there was basically nothing that they can do. Well, I believe if you are, like, that badly emaciated i believe your heart can give you a heart attack because it doesn't have the sufficient yeah sufficiency to run the nutrition then or if you your body's not properly running is that what you mean yeah 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 i think the heart i I don't remember what it is but i think if you like exert too much at that point you do have a heart attack so maybe that's what they saw and they're just ignoring the fact that he was starving to death and like heart attack heart failure Mm -hmm. yeah without giving like more detail like if was due to lack of nutrition or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just an easy like slap on there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and I'm definitely gonna double check this because now that I'm reading it out loud, I'm like, wait, none of this makes sense. <laughs> but he did pass away a few months later in August. I'm seeing here, and then they list another child, well, a child named Else H. Um, who was a toddler that fell ill from a bad infection. Mm. Um, and then she came to live there because she became mentally handicapped after the infection. Mm-hmm. Um, so here she died of brain disease and double-sided pneumonia. And the father re- received the news that, yeah, his daughter had suddenly passed away. Outraged and stunned, he tried to hold those responsible to account. Um, but it was in vain. Like, nothing was done. Uh, the doctors are completely safe and covered, and they continue to do what they did. It's awful. Um, and she was only 12 years... Oh, she died right before her 12th birthday. Aww. Um, So the doctor's responsible. Let's talk about these uh, fine people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so one was Dr. George Reno. 
and he was, yeah, he, he worked in the hospital for the, the whole time, just about. Um, he came from Austria. Um, he had examined the patients who were then, he started examining patients and then gassed them with carbon monoxide. Ugh. So he was the one responsible for that. Um, but one person in particular was not passive about these crimes, like while working under him. And that was a nurse that they, um, that they just called Nurse D. So on February 23rd, 1942, Dr. Renault asked to be taken to Shortland to reinstate Nurse D. So nothing was ha- really, nothing was really written in documents until this date whenever he tried to go up to the authorities and be like, take this woman away. She's not responsive. She's trying to communicate with other doctors and other nurses telling them not to perform mm-hmm. the um, perform what she needs to do. Um, and he wrote that um, it can be assumed that D, the nurse, is aware of the tasks to be performed in the child's department. Nevertheless, and despite the fact that she has been a member of the party for a long time, she has expressed herself in a directly hostile manner against the measures to be carried out by satisfying in the course. So she was just like, you know what? I'm not doing this. Yeah. And so he uh, turned her over to authorities. Did, and um, she got arrested and all that? Or? It does. Yeah, there's nothing that says I'm just, they took her out, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but the only good person in there just gone. Yeah, like <sighs> I thought I'd throw that in to show that there were some resistance. There were people in there noticing that things weren't right and that were trying to put a stop to it in the small way that they could. Um, but during, you know, of course, in that time, it was like the government's stronghold against the mm-hmm. people. Like, there was really nothing you can do or say. Herman Weiss was another doctor uh, who worked in the hospital or the asylum at the time. He, with the help of two other nurses, had killed 30 handicapped children by administering the hypnotic luminal. The doctor declared that he had examined the individual children as prescribed by the um, Reich Committee in Berlin. So he was told to do these things, so he said. Which I'm sure is true. Um, So lay down the findings and added it at the end, a useful diagnosis for the Reich Committee. He was testing this out to hand over to them. So he would write that the people that or the children that he uses he would say the child suffers from congenital nonsense or a form of organic brain disease with nonsense and the nature of idiocy in the case of faint-heartedness he wrote the children is not capable of the child sorry is not capable of education this was the decedence for the child in the department so that's all he could have said was like not capable can't learn so they should be experimented on basically that's ridiculous so the children and adolescents, and this one gets a little rough, rougher, as it's not been like a walk in the sun, like a walk in the park this whole time. Oh boy! The children and adolescents intended to be killed initially received three to five luminal tablets, depending on their body weight. Mm-hmm. They fell asleep, but were given the same dose of luminal immediately after waking. Finally, they became unconscious, got shortness of breath, began to wheeze and died under mucus discharge from their mouth and nose after three to eight days. Oh, no. So these poor souls, like, they suffered. Yeah. These children suffered. So this is what happened there. (laughs) But at the beginning of 1943, Hostert was disbanded due to the war. So now that the war was 
finally coming to an end. So was the location. Mm -hmm. The remaining 183 children were transported to five other specialist departments, like, in the area. So those who survived were all moved to other locations. Herman Weiss, the the fine gentleman that I just spoke of, who... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bastard. uh, Continued to work as a killing physician in the following years. Killing physician. That's a nice term. Yeah, so he continued to work... um, which is crazy. Uh, Dr. Reno left the children's department in Willmill in early 1942 due to an open pulmonary tuberculosis. When later, he went back to another location. Only from 1961... Oh, yeah, in 1961, he was put on trial. In 1975, the case was finally closed because of the defendant's inability to negotiate, and he died in 1997. So at least he was put on trial. I don't know if Reno, or not Reno, but um, Weiss was. I need to look that up. Oh, no, just kidding. He was released in custody in 1965. What the fuck? Why, why would you? He was sentenced to life imprisonment in Dusseldorf in 1948. That was Weiss, but it was released. That's so stupid. You should never be released. Like, no. You Mm-mm. should, yeah. Mm. Terrible, terrible, terrible. So, whew, whew, almost there. Almost to the end. <laughs> This is so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> in 1952, the site became a base for British and NATO forces, and Hostert became Kent School, which was equipped with a gymnasium and swimming pool, as well as bus, like a bus park for, or a bus stops for bus, ooh, I cannot talk, buses, lots of buses everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, as well as bus stops for school buses. But during the redevelopment, human remains were uncovered. The bodies of the patients who had died or been killed at the Nazi-ran Institute, which had been housed here during the war. So I so, doubt they had graves or anything, right? They were probably just pits. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was a mass grave, basically. <sighs> so I think it was the little girl that we talked about. Um, she, I think there's like a little, her grave is there, but not really. Gotcha. You know, like they don't really know where it's located. Um, but she died there, and now it's a big memorial mm-hmm. for those who had lost their lives due to, like, under the hands of these evil doctors. When they, they were working on the land, they found bones and of those who had died. As a result of the end of the Cold War, the site at Hostert was closed, and it was returned to German authorities. Um, and I think I saw something where it's for sale, so if you have a few million euros laying around, it could be yours. I don't think you want it to be, though. No. Uh, so the reason, I mean, yeah, this is full of death and sadness and just horrible things, but what really makes this story boozy is that <laughs> people say that you can hear the cries of children at the school, at oh. the location, and it's not uncommon to see ghostly, childish figures roaming around in the area. That's so sad. Yeah. So sad. So that's one of the most haunted locations in Germany. In case you're in Germany, I believe you can still visit. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just a big memorial now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're selling the memorial, kind of, or like, like the building. I think the gotcha. building there's a memorial there. Yeah, the the website was. I mean, a great resource. The website was awesome because it had all of the articles and um, like the the old tr- documents mm-hmm. oh. uh, scanned and stuff. Uh-huh. Of course, in German. Um, <laughs> Uh, but for me, of course, it was a little hard to navigate. So yeah. at first when I saw it, when I was in Germany and clicked on it, I was like, oh, it looks like a museum. It looks, like, nice now. And they mm-hmm. renovated it. But now reading, I'm like, okay, it might just be, like, the outside, like, 
outside plaques and that makes sense yeah, yeah i can post pictures of what it used to look like and what it looks like now um and, and then, we can link everything on the website and... oh for sure um and then baylor uh baylor university has the youth- euthanasia decree if you're into reading that <laughs> we could put that that up there as well um and then yes so i used what did i use the Waldmeal Hoster website, um, this haunted history <laughs> page on Facebook <laughs> to try to make sense of it all, and Culture Trip. It had like a paragraph. Yeah, because at first I was just finding paragraphs. I'm like, man, this is going to be real short. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, hey, there's this place. Kids haunt it. Check it out. But no, there was so much that went into it. Or there was just a lot of information um, out there about the location and just put in different areas and you just had to piece it together mm-hmm. Man. which the website did yeah good source it's a great source i can't even imagine like the energy you would get from like a place like that you know yes just, i was reading a comment on facebook on the um let's see on the location this is by douglas on the face haunted history um facebook page it says, I was there, 86 between 80, uh, 91. We weren't allowed up to the upper floors, but of course we had to go. I tried once, got so far before this feeling came over me. As it got more and more decrepit, I ran back down for my life. The further I went up, the further back in time we went. Uh, like wheelchairs, beds, Nazi graffiti, and the feeling you were being watched. I wish now I'd push on, but I was only 16. And I only knew a couple of the basic historical facts. Then, as most were hushed up i'd given i'd give anything to go back and finish my quote-unquote tour that's crazy and this was a school like people i'm reading people are saying oh this was my old school politicians in europe went there and because it was a nato base also so if if the parents weren't were relocated or were in some other location and um the children needed to go to school it was a boarding school also Mm. so they were able to stay there which is insane. I'm yeah. pretty sure they didn't know. Like, the, the kids who were there didn't know what had happened. That was back way before internet, so it wasn't like, oh, let me Google this place. And Still makes you question if the parents know, though, like, oh, hey, like, you're just going to stay here at this boarding school. Here's another comment. I went to this school. They didn't do a particularly good job of hiding it all, neither. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I assume they have sections blocked off. Well, I don't know. According to this, they just said you couldn't go. Hmm. You couldn't go up there, but you easily could. Let's Do you have just... a picture of the place? Yeah, here's... Oh, no. <laughs> it looks haunted, right? Oh, I mean... You look at this place and you're like, oh, yeah, that's haunted. But on the website... It's pretty. Pretty scary. But, fuck, no. And this says... <sighs> but this is the website, which is crazy, because the website makes it look like bright and sunny and well maybe not this one but um yeah yikes I, it was really oh yeah so i guess here's the memorial it's like a wall oh. see it looks like oh so fun park. yeah what the fuck too. yeah it's basically like when you think that of place it, has a big nope stamped right over it oh like, yeah and i'm sure the monks never imagined that a place that they wanted to help would just turn into this horrible awful this place where so much evil happened well, i guess they, some of them kind of set the tone with their sex crimes oh yeah next time next time i might might go <laughs> creep upstairs like i said ghosts don't want me so it's fine i'm fine <laughs> i say that knock on wood <laughs> 
all the banners for your birthday fall off. <laughs> yeah, everything falls. <laughs> balloons pop. No, I'm terrified of popping balloons. Like, balloons that pop, that scares me the most. <laughs> so, yeah, that's mine. My, my little trip. Maybe well, that was we should have done that first. Maybe we should have. My bad. I was just a little <laughs> unsure of how it was going to go. So, I'm like, eh, let's wait. Yeah, well. Your sacky tits would have lightened up. <laughs> not yours, but the story. Of- <laughs> no, I mean, mine are pretty saggy, so would have lightened the mood a bit <laughs> the curse of big boobs i know so, yeah it sucks but anyways as i was saying before about birthday banners you totally didn't even mention it was your birthday recently oh yeah which is strange that i didn't because i'm really obnoxious about my birthday i'm like i'm really not i'm like maybe i am i don't know not a, i don't think i'm an, an obnoxious person but when it comes to my birthday i'm like birthday it's month. my birthday my yeah birthday month yeah. I listen to September like almost every day. <laughs> I saw your post like, and I was dying. <laughs> we were having breakfast. Gabriel walks in. He's like, are we going to listen to this all day? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, Nosim was awesome. She decorated our little pod area with balloons and banners and made <laughs> me this amazing wreath. I'll have to show you all how talented she is. <laughs> Oh, it was the sweetest thing. Thank you again. You're welcome. I couldn't not do anything. Like, what What the fuck? <laughs> and let me tell y'all, when Sam does something, she goes all out. It's not like, oh, I did a thing. It's like, I did, like, all these things. <laughs> it's, like, extra in the best way, though. Yeah, like my Halloween decorations. Hey, that's fine. It's no. officially spooky season, though. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. It's the best time yes. of the year. You need a Halloween version of that song yeah screw christmas i'm all about halloween oh yeah that's my thing me Mm -hmm. too i have a halloween tree up this year so i i did see that it's very lovely yeah and it glows purple at night so yeah are you gonna so when christmas rolls around what are you gonna do are you gonna keep it i'll probably do christmas ornaments we have christmas ornaments we like star wars ornaments and (laughs) nerdy ass ornaments we'll throw on there but i'm thinking i'll keep it up for thanksgiving too but i'm just gonna pull off all the halloween ornaments and throw Mm -hmm. like sunflowers and like pumpkins and stuff like that on it gotcha kind of do like a thanksgiving tree i don't know i'm i'm too lazy to take it down now that it's up so holiday trees are in Mm -hmm. i see a lot of people doing them Show us your holiday trees, people. Yes. I want to see the holiday trees. I do. It takes me forever to take down my Halloween <laughs> decorations. Like, last year, I just put a Christmas hat on my on my ghost. <laughs> hey, it works. I was like, here it is. It works. Yeah. Well, Ooh. thank you guys for listening to another... Wait, wait, wait. What episode is this? Oh, my God. Holy shit. <laughs> well, insert the... the <laughs> episode. episode. Five. Like, no, it's yeah. way more than five. Six. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll add it in later. Apologies. It's been a while. It's been weeks. Yes. But you guys can find us at Booze Podcast on all the socials. Yes. That is a B-O-O-Z podcast. Instagram. Facebook. Twitter. Um, Where else are Whatever. We? Oh, YouTube. I'll, I'll, these are actually yes. be on YouTube. So we really, at first I was unsure of what we would put on YouTube, but... It's a little like surprise, maybe. It's in it's in the works that we might have some comics playing with a Ouija board. We will see. I and mean, if that happens, which we got to battle will. it out with uh, Gabriel first. Oh yeah, <laughs> there might be a lawsuit and a divorce coming up. <laughs> but if not, then I'll be on YouTube. Yes, there there will be definitely some stuff on YouTube. So yeah. keep tuned. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and if you have anything you want to tell us or. 
anything you want to share any of your spooky experiences slide into them dms on all the socials or you can just email us at boozepodcast yeah. at gmail.com that means send us a message if you're not yeah but no dick pics please oh my god i don't know what i would do <laughs> that's the, probably the scariest thing that would ever happen to me <laughs> they put a little like go sheet on it oh my god <laughs> yeah no i would do that that's illegal now in texas oh is it yes you can sue now if you get an unsolicited sex sex okay pick. if you're rich please send us your time <laughs> <laughs> whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> We need to buy more Halloween decorations. Yes. We'll just buy a mansion and put all the Halloween decorations buy in there. Buy us a haunted mansion. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Yes, we will catch you next week. Um, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.